You're listening to the teaching ministry of Houston's First Baptist Church, a relevant biblical community. For more information, visit houstonsfirst.org. Well, one of my goals in this series is to promote the eating of Italian food all throughout Houston after church. That's one of the just kind of uh, by the way type of goals. But we're going to be in the book of Romans. If you got your Bible, we are studying what is been said by many to be the greatest book in the New Testament. And I would submit to you that the greatest, that the New Testament is the greatest thing ever written for society. So literally we're looking in to the greatest book, possibly the greatest thing ever written that we've got it in our hands, that we're looking at it. We're going through it verse by verse, checking this thing out, seeing what God has for us through the Apostle Paul that's here writing this in about 57 AD is where this is being written. And we're going to see today in verses 8 through 15 of chapter 1, we're going to see what it means to connect with people. How do we connect with one another? How do we make uh, relationships happen? How do we make sure that we're connected well and loving each other well? That's something that we want to do. We want to make that happen. We want to do that. We do fun things together, going to concerts together. We do fun things together, going to movies together. We want to connect. We want to interact because we know something special happens when we interact with somebody else. But what's happened in our society is I think they got it going on better in 57 AD than we do right now because so many things are happening in our society with all so many digital things. And I'm all for that. That's great. That's wonderful. Have Facebook friends. Have Instagram. That's awesome. All those things are great. I hope you'll follow the church on it. I hope you'll follow my stuff on it. That'd be great. But it doesn't replace a relationship, does it? There was a, a professor at Oxford, and so you know it's got to be smart, right? So a professor at Oxford, that adds up to smart. They researched how Facebook was, or what things about Facebook, some stats. They found that the average number of Facebook friends that people have is 150. Some have more, of course, some have less. But to have 150 is typically the average. But they found this, that only 15 of the 150 are actual friends, and only five of the 150 are, could be considered close friends. So it's a lot of people around, but it's who's the heart people. It's really five, maybe 15 in that aspect. They found this as well. This is really interesting, that the generation that was born with a device in their hand, they were born with something in their hand, and they had everything from day one, basically, from 18 to 24-year-olds, that they are four times as likely to feel lonely most of the time compared to 70-year-old plus. Think about that. 18 to 24, they, they measure life in RPMs, right? Just what are we doing? How can we do this? Let's wrap this thing up. They're surrounded by people at school all the time. They're surrounded by devices all the time. They're chatting with people. They're texting with people. They're online. They're doing all these things. They are four times more likely to be lonely most of the time than 70-plus folks whose kids are grown and who are maybe... Uh, even had someone pass away that was close to them, their husband or their wife. Now, why is that? Because we know that we need real relationships in our hearts and in our lives, but we can't get it through a screen. Can't happen like that. Not all bad, not all bad, no doubt. But we can't get it like that. We need each other. 
We need to be in church together. We need to see people in the hallways. We need to work together. We need to go to baseball games together. We need to be in little league sports type of stuff. All of those things, school, those are where the relationships are formed. Now, Paul's gonna give us some things in here that's gonna show us how to really walk with these relationships. He's gonna give us three main ways to love people well. Because you and I both know it's not, well, you come be my friend. It's let me be your friend, and then you'll be my friend back. The Bible says it like this. He who has friends must first show himself friendly, right? So we're not waiting. We're active and advancing with that. We are not just waiting for somebody to be kind. We're going to be kind. Look in Romans chapter 1, verse 8 is where we're going to start. First, so what's the first thing Paul is going to tell us in teaching the book of Romans? First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because the news of your faith is being reported in all of the world. God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in telling the good news about his son that I constantly mention you, always asking in my prayers that if somehow in God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. Paul has not been to Rome yet when he's writing this. He's wanting to get there. He thinks he's going to go from Jerusalem to Rome to Spain. That's not how it's going to work out. I'll tell you in just a little bit. But he's wanting to be with them. So it's the first thing that he says. The first thing he says is this. Be grateful for the depths, not just the service, surface. Be grateful for the depths, not just the service. Did you hear what he said? He said, first of all, the first thing in Romans I want to tell you, first of all, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because the news of your, what's the word? Faith, the count of three, say faith with me, one, two, three. Faith, for the news of your faith has gone all around the world. Paul is giving thanks for their faith. See, a true friend is one that understands the depths of you and gives thanks for the depths of you. It's not just, I'm so grateful because you're funny. I'm so grateful you're so pretty. I'm so grateful you're so much uh, a joy to be around. I'm so grateful we get to do neat things together. I'm so grateful for you. We have the same hobbies. I'm so grateful for you. Our kids go to the same school. All those are wonderful things and are a part of friendship. But when you have somebody that is a deep friend, it says, I'm so grateful for you because in your heart, I'm seeing these things. Your kindness, your love, your joy, your peace, your patience, your kindness, your faithfulness, your gentleness, your self-control, the fruits of the Spirit. I am thankful for your faith. Parents, this is a key verse for us. Third John, verse 4, I have no greater joy than this than to see my children walking in truth. So my greatest joy is not hitting a curveball for my kids. My greatest joy is not them making A's. My greatest joy is to see you walking in the truth. Do you see how that's a depth statement, not a surface statement? That's not a talent statement. That's a character statement. That's not a passing. When you get older, you're not really going to do that anymore. That's when you get older, it's actually going to ripen more. And Paul says, I am grateful for the depths of you as Roman people. And if you were to turn to Romans 16, we'll get there in many, many months. He's going to talk about, he's going to give greetings and encouragement to all these different people as he typically does, just going through the list of all these different people. So he's congratulating them, if you will. He's encouraging them on their depth of their faith. Now watch what he does at the end of verse 8. First of all, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because the news of your faith, that's what we just talked about, is being reported all in all the world. He's saying the Roman church, people are talking about you guys all over the world. All over the Roman empire, they're talking about the city of Rome. The eternal city is what it's called even to this day. He said, everybody is talking about 
because there's lots of false gods in Rome. There's lots of idols. One of the, the, the pictures we had on the bumper video to start the message is called the Pantheon, not the Parthenon. The Parthenon's in Greece. The Pantheon is in Rome, and they would worship numerous, numerous gods. Pan, meaning many. And so they had all these gods, and then now these believers are saying, there is one God in heaven. He has sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, and I've trusted him with salvation, and now the Holy Spirit lives inside of me, and I want to tell you about this. It's called the gospel. You see it? And that's being reported all over the world. How incredible is that? So we as a church, we want to kind of get like, okay, let's, let's look like that church, Let's try to get there. Now, they're going to have their problems too, but let's get as close as we can of our faith being all over the world. Let me just encourage you and celebrate with you what God's doing through our church all over the world. Now, you're going to want to just applaud at every little juncture. I'm going to tell you about five things. Just hang on, and then I'll point at you, and we'll just go crazy together, okay? So Sienna, Cyprus, downtown, digital family as well. We'll just go crazy together. It's all such good stuff. Is God using our church all over the world? I believe that he is. Do you know that we, you, me, as givers to generosity in our church, we support 100 plus missionaries all over the world? We're praying for them. We're supporting, helping them financially. We're encouraging them. We've got many of them partnered with live Bible study classes. We're helping to support over 100 missionaries all over the world. We have a presence in our, uh, with our church. It's our, our church. It's hot mosquito Houston, right? In 45 plus countries, we've got ministry going on that God's doing. It's awesome. It's incredible. Don't, don't clap yet. Don't clap yet. I know you want to. With our kainos initiative that we have, our, our Greek word meaning new, kainos, that we're doing for this, these two years, we're about eight, 10 months into it. One of the things that we're doing with that is we're translating the Bible into people's languages that don't have the Bible. How many of these do you own? I bet I got more. I got a bunch. I got a bunch at home. I got a bunch at the office. I got a bunch. I could get on my, my phone and get any version I want. I get anything in my language. And so reading this here in my language is so important. We are going to be a part of and already are of translating 25 plus languages of the scripture. Now, not Bible from Genesis to Revelation in all 25 languages, but some piece of that so that they can have it in their native tongue, their heart language, 25 languages going out. Incredible. Two more things I want to tell you. Uh, well, let me just throw another in. We've already sent 12 mission trips out just in this year um, of, of, of 2022. Now, our fiscal year, year ends in June um, of, of each year. And that's so we can be on the same page with First Baptist Academy, so we can be together in our, our resources. It makes sense for us. It gets kind of crazy to have two different calendars and budgets and finances and all that going on. So we moved many years ago, so we'd be on the school calendar. So at the end of June 22, just a couple months ago, our budget, just in our budget, we gave... 17.8% of our budget went to missions, either across the world or across the city. Don't clap yet. One more and I'm going to let you clap. If you looked in the same thing ending fiscal year June 22, you would find that money in, money out, so that would count like the world mission offering, so outside the budget, but just pure money into the church, pure money out of the church that we gave to Mission Endeavors 28.7.17% to missions. Now go crazy. You ready? There we go. Wow. 
Think of that. Money in, money out. 28.17% going out the door, either uh, across an ocean or just uh, across town to be able to help with people that need that. That's incredible. Now, are we still going to minister to people that we invite to church? Of course we are. Are we still going to teach Bible studies and give ministry to our kids and to us that are coming in? Of course we are. We're doing that even right now in this moment. But to be able to minister to us is not enough. We want to be a church that's making a difference around the world. And that's incredible. So when we talk about generosity, we're not just talking about us getting nicer stuff. We're talking about literally God changing lives around the world. That's what Paul's saying. First of all, I am grateful for the depths of you because God's using you to change the world, Rome. And these Romans are like, whoa, this is awesome. Let me give you three things real quick of what Paul's saying here of how to put our gratitude into practice, okay? Then we're going to jump to a couple more points. So here we go fast. You ready? Make it a priority. Make it a priority. How do you show generosity to somebody? How do you show gratefulness to somebody? Make it a priority. We all have good intentions that don't get done, right? Remember your New Year's resolution? Uh Uh-huh, right. He says, first, I thank my God because of you. What if a priority in your marriage was to give thanks for your spouse? What if you said, first, I give thanks for you, instead of, first, why did you spend all that money? First, why, you're aggravating me to death. First, why didn't you do more of this and less of this? First, this, that, and the other. He says, first of all, I want you to know I am thankful for you. And I'm telling you, if you begin a relationship with that, you're going to change that relationship. You take your kids and you look them in the eyes and you say, I want you to know I am grateful God gave me you as a child. You're a blessing to me. Then afterwards you can say, but be home by 11, okay? So, it, but to be grateful for your spouse, be grateful for your friends if you're not married, be grateful for the, the chapters of life that God's given you, be grateful for whatever's first. Number one, I want you to know I'm thankful for you. Number two, make it personal. I thank my God for you, he says. I thank my God for you and your faith. Go deeper than just just a a blanket thank you. Go to a real thank you that you say, I want to thank you and I want to encourage you. Here's what I found. If you'll be sincere and specific with people, it'll change their hearts and lives. I love being just sincere and specific with people. I, I want to be an encourager to people. I love it. I, I think this makes a difference in people's lives for, for them to hear this from their pastor. But I, I love when I hear somebody speak and they teach something and I'm able as a pastor to say, you're an amazing teacher. Wow. And they go, really? You think so? You're a great leader. Really? You think so? And to be able to encourage in that way, sincere and specific, makes such a difference. Such a difference. Man, the way you do such and such, it's amazing. Did you know you're gifted at that? Do you know uh, how awesome you are in this specific category and you give that? Ladies, isn't it great when your husband says, I like those earrings, and he just gets so specific, right? Not just a general, you're pretty. What? Just dig deep, guys. Dig deep, guys. Dig deep. <laughs> guys, get all the way as deep as you can and let them know every little thing you possibly can. They'll love it. They'll love it. You don't know what good shoes look like, but if they're on her feet, that's what good shoes look like, okay? (laughs) Specific, sincere, make it personal. Then third, make it happen. Make it happen. What's Paul doing? He's writing it down. 
We're studying it here from 57 AD now to 2022. He made it happen. He said it. He stated it. He made it happen. Now, here's going to give you a little homework. You got homework. In Life Bible Study, um, it, it, Life Bible Study, hopefully you went to it, or our, our conference that we had before that in Life Bible Study Hour, but um, Life Bible Study is awesome. You should go to it. We handed out in Life Bible Study today thank you notes, okay? And if you didn't go to Life Bible Study, that's fine. It's really not, but it's okay. I'll let it be. We've got for you out in the foyer these thank you notes. We've got ones uh, in Spanish that are written with gracias there. We've got ones for kids. We've got three different versions for kids and students. Maybe you like those. We've got then uh, different versions, four different versions for uh, adults that are here. And they all say thank you. And then at the, the bottom of it, it says, thank you. I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. Romans chapter one, verse eight, the verse we just did. And then on the back side, it has here, we are studying Romans in the Bible and how it encourages us to be thankful for others. And then you write a little note there, and you write the address, you put a stamp on it so we can save all those mission dollars instead of paying for your stamps. Um, we can uh, be able to do that, just teasing. But to write a thank you note there, and what if thousands of people this week get a thank you note from you and me, sincere and specific? How incredible would that be? William Arthur Ward said, God gave you a gift of 86,400 seconds today. Have you used one to say thank you? God's given us a gift of 86,400 seconds today. Have you used one second to say thank you? And to write it down. What if your wife gets this little card stuffed in her purse? What if your husband leaving for the office Monday morning has this sitting on the dashboard or your wife leaving for the office Monday morning has this sitting on the dashboard? What if this is, is shoved into the lunch of your child? What if this goes to your parents? What if this goes to your friend? What if this goes to somebody that's a coworker? What if this goes to somebody that doesn't know the Lord and you just took the time to say thank you? You gotta make it happen. We gotta make it happen. And Paul shows us what it means to make it happen. So the first thing is that we've gotta be grateful. Now, here's the deal. You never have to teach human beings how to be displeased. Never have to teach human beings how to be displeased. We do need to be taught how to be thankful. We are great at walking into a restaurant and saying, the soup's cold. We're not so good about being in a restaurant saying, thank you for your service. And so let Paul teach us in our marriages, in our singlehood, as a student, as a kid, as a parent, as an aunt, as an uncle, as whatever category you fit into. Let Paul teach us how to be grateful because if you go further on in Romans chapter 1, verse 21, we'll get there in a couple weeks, it says that basically sin begins with a lack of gratitude, that they were no longer grateful, and then we're going to get a list of sins that are going to come at the end of Romans chapter 1. And so be grateful. Number two, be prayerful. Number two, be prayerful. Verse nine, God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit. So he's saying, this isn't just a fleshly thing. I'm doing this in the power of God in telling the good news about his son, sharing the gospel that I constantly mention you, always asking in my prayers that if somehow in God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. See the relationship? He wants to be with them. For I want very much to see you, verse 11 so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is to be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, by yours and by mine. Number two, we got be grateful. Number two is be prayerful. You know that the beginning of prayer is gratitude. And so if you'll be grateful, then the next thing will happen is you'll get more prayerful. 
And so be prayerful for and with the people in your life, for and with the people in your life. Now, it's awesome to pray for people. That's great. But it's also great to pray with people. Dads, put your arm around that son. Put your arm around that daughter. Mom, same way. And say, I want to pray for you as you go off to school. I want to pray for you today as you try out for that team. I want to pray for that test. And let them hear your voice take their name to Jesus Christ. It's powerful. Powerful. They hear your voice say, don't use all the hot water, right? But let them hear your voice saying, I want to pray for you. Husbands, let your wife hear your voice praying for you. Wives, let your husband hear your voice praying for him. Friends, pray for friends. All of these things, connect those dots. It's so important and it encourages people to be prayed for, to hear that voice lifting it up to them. Just yesterday, my son headed back off to college, breaking our heart again. He comes back from college and we get him for a while and then he leaves us again, just breaks our heart. Some of y'all dropped your kids off just in the past few days you know, as freshmen. And so I know the heartbreak you're going through as well. But we were standing in the driveway. And if you were to drive by our house, you'd have seen the four of us standing in the driveway with our arms like this before we got in the car, praying out loud together as a family. It's familiar to us. And I think it's important to us all. I love hearing my kids pray, whether they're praying for me or not. Those sweet voices, I love it. It's great. It's a blessing. I have no greater joy than to see my children walking in truth. And so be a prayerful person praying with people. Just stop and say, can I pray for you? If they say no, say, okay, no problem. They won't say no, though. They'll say yes. They need it. We went to Italy this summer, had an amazing trip, studying for the Book of Romans and being there in Italy. We went to a place called Assisi. You know it because you've heard of St. Francis of Assisi. And it was one of my favorite places that we went in all of Italy. It was awesome. I listened to this, this thing on Audible. It was like a college-level course of six hours about St. Francis of Assisi, and I really enjoyed it. He did some things that were kind of unusual, no doubt about it, but he did some things that were pretty amazing. Had an amazing influence. I mean, think of the, just the California coastline. San Francisco. Who's that named after? St. Francis. Los Angeles, because St. Francis lived and died in a church that was called the Church of the Angels. So Los Angeles is named after St. Francis's church. Santa Clara, that was the girl counterpart basically to St. Francis, was Clara. So Santa Clara, that's named after her. San Diego was a Franciscan monk. In uh, Nevada, Santa Fe, it used to be called Santa Fe de Santo Frisco, the holy faith of St. Francis. That's Santa Fe, New Mexico. Even the Pope right now is Pope Francis. So that's named after here of St. Francis. So we went to a CC and I've got my little Rick Steves book out and I'm looking and doing. I got my notepad out and I'm trying to figure out everything. And so we're walking along and we can't find this one little church that we want to see that I wanted to see. And it's, you know, I felt kind of embarrassed. It's, you know, I live in Houston and I can find my way around. I can't find my way around in this little bitty thumb, uh, thumbprint of a, a city of, of St. Francis. And so I see a Franciscan monk. I think, well, I've been wanting to want to talk to one of those guys for a while, so that'd be great. Studying a lot. So he'll know where this place is. So I, I pulled him aside. I said, would you tell me where such and such church is? I want to show you a picture. Here's me and the Franciscan monk. Real neat guy, guy from India, real sweet guy. He actually, you know where the church we were looking for? Do you know where it is? Right behind us, okay? No Aggie jokes necessary with my shirt. No Aggie jokes necessary. He was the sweetest guy. We walked into the church. He unlocked it. It was locked. We walked in, just, just my family and him. He began to tell us about the church. He began to tell about the tradition of the church, why it was an important church, all these different things he began to tell us about, which was great. It was amazing. 
They have these rope cords with three knots on it, and the three knots are for, um, for chastity, uh, humility, and obedience. That's what the three knots are in their little rope thing that they have. They wear the same garb that St. Francis wore, the same black, or excuse me, brown robe that was there. And as we talked and had a great conversation, I never said I was a pastor. We never said, uh, you know, talked about church or anything. We we're just saying there. He said at the end, he goes, I said, well, thanks so much for showing us um, where, where this was. And he said, can I pray for you? I said, Sure. So he just put his arm around me and my family, and he just prayed, and it was the sweetest prayer. It wasn't a memorized prayer. It wasn't a rote prayer. It wasn't, he didn't pull out a card and start reading a prayer. He just, he just prayed for us. It's awesome. It's so sweet when people pray for you. You know, we end every service at every campus with people standing all over the worship center just waiting to pray for you, just begging God to bring somebody to pray for. You come. Let somebody pray for you. It's special. If we're going to be grateful then we're going to end up being prayerful. And if we end up being prayerful, then we're going to end up being impactful. We're going to end up being impactful. Now, you control your thankfulness. You control your prayerfulness. But when impact gets in God's hands, you don't know what he's going to do. So let's be faithful in the first two and let God do whatever he wants to with the the next one. Be impactful. Be prayerful. Be impactful. This is the way I want to put it to you. Be impactful and be impacted with the gospel. Be impactful, be impacted with the gospel. Paul is both. He was knocked off his horse in the book of Acts, and he was impacted by the gospel. It changed his life. Went three years into the desert to study about it. And then now in 57 AD, he's writing from Corinth, this book of of Romans, and writing this letter. And he wants to be impacted, he has been with the gospel, and impactful with the gospel as well. Now, we have three words we use around here. It's our strategy, or, or I should say, it's our mission, our vision. This is our vision, and it's these three words, relevant biblical community. Hopefully, you've heard that before. The three rings on our logo are relevant biblical community. Relevant. We want people to walk in and go, man, that church really ministered to me today. Not they walked in and go, ooh, smells like mothballs, smells like mothballs. That it was something in 1942, uh, but they're stuck. We want to be relevant. Culture, Christ. We want to bring culture to Christ and Christ to the culture. We want to be biblical. You're never going to hear me or anybody else stand up here and speak that they don't say, turn in your Bibles. We have life Bible study. We turn to the Scripture, not just our latest ideas or what's cool in society. Then we are a community. And this is where we get about this relationships with people. What's a community? I defined it for you here This is straight out of our our new member's manual. It says this, providing a place to be authentic, involved, impacted, and impactful. That's what Paul's doing with the gospel. A place to be authentic, involved, impacted, and impactful. I need you and you need me. We're not a relevant biblical club. We're not a relevant biblical clique. We're not a relevant biblical um, corporation. We're a relevant, if I can say I'm relevant biblical community. Or you could say church community of believers, an ecclesia of God. So get to know somebody. Be a blessing to them. Let them be a blessing to you as well. And God can do some great things in your life. Be impactful. Let me give you just three things real quick on being impactful. Number one, wherever you are, be impactful. Wherever you are. You in a good time in your life or a bad time in your life? You in a season you like or a season you don't like? Wherever you are, be impactful. Paul says, I want, to look, I want you to look at it. If you look in verse 10, well, actually, let's start, um, let's start in verse 13, or verse 12, verse 12. That is, to be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Do you see community there? 
Verse 13, now I don't want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, there's a relationship, that I often planned to come to you. He's never been to Rome yet. I often planned to come to you, but was prevented. You see that? Planned, prevented. Things didn't go how Paul wanted it to go. Planned, prevented, but was prevented until now. In order that I might have a fruitful ministry among you, just as I have been doing among the rest of the Gentiles. I'm obligated both to the Greeks and the barbarians, to the wise and the foolish. I am so eager to preach the gospel to you who are also in Rome. Paul is saying, look, things didn't go like I thought they would go. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that in just a minute. How do you react when things don't go like you planned for them to go? Do you cry about it? Or do you say, you know what? Let's go for it and see what God does with that. How do you react when you get disappointed? How do you react when things aren't your expectations and it's not what you wanted? Well, to illustrate that, I want to show you a funny video of a little girl. It's about a minute and 40 seconds of a sweet, sweet little girl who things didn't go quite like she wanted them to go. So if it's pink, it's a girl, and if it's blue, it's a boy. So what does the letter say? I will read. Open it up. What colour is it? It's blue. What does that mean? It's a boy. It's a boy. Do you love him a little bit? No. <laughs> Isn't that great? We've just in our house lately, I've just been, Kelly will say something, I didn't want it to be like that. I go, I want to go. It's just our way of saying we don't like what's happening right now. How do you react when things aren't what you wanted them to be like? Now, I bet if we were to follow up with that little girl, I bet she's the best big sister you've ever seen and loves that little brother. And things turned out just, just the way they should be. But we have that reaction, don't we? We're more mature. We hide it. But in our hearts, we're like, wait a minute. This is not what I planned on. So when that happens, just eat some candy. It'll make it okay. <laughs> Paul did not have that reaction. He said, I planned on coming to you. And I was prevented. Now, here's the thing I want you to get. This is big for the book of Romans. Paul was expecting to go to Rome as a preacher, and he went to Rome as a prisoner. Paul was expecting to go to Rome as a preacher, and he went to Rome as a prisoner. It's Acts chapter 27 and 28. 
his journey to Rome. And he ends up in Rome as a prisoner. Let me just give you a little brief. It's just one page to the left in your Bible, and then we'll wrap this message up. In Acts chapter 27 and 28, he's sailing to Rome. The people didn't take his advice on the boat, so they ended up in a brutal storm. Without food, they were shipwrecked on an unnamed island called Malta. He was bit by a viper, and then three months later, he sails to Rome, arrives as a prisoner, not a preacher, and lives two years under house arrest, but he preaches the gospel everywhere he goes. And the last verse of Acts, listen to the last verse of Acts. Chapter 28, Paul stayed two whole years in his own rented house and he welcomed all who visited him. Do you see gratitude in that and impact? Proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. He thought it would be one way, yet it was a different way. And he said, I'm going to stay true in this. He arrives in Rome in about 60 AD and unfortunately in 66 AD, he's beheaded by Nero in Rome, just right outside the gates. But in those years, he walked with God and in the gospel. How amazing is that? So wherever you are, Paul says, whatever you have, he says, I'm imparting these spiritual gifts upon you. Whatever you have, walk with impact. Whoever you are with, He says at the end of of the section we're looking at in verse 14 and 15, I'm both obligated to the Greeks and the barbarians, to the wise and the foolish, so I'm eager, eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. Everywhere you are, whatever you have, and whoever you're with. Watch as I bring the whole thing together. Let me put the sermon in a sentence for you. Here's the sermon in a sentence. Sermon in a sentence is grateful leads to prayerful. Prayerful leads to impactful. Do you see it? Paul says, first of all, I'm grateful for you. And I'm calling your name out before the Lord. And I'm doing that because the gospel of Christ is gonna change your life and I'm gonna preach it to you and I'm gonna make an impact with you. You and I have control over our gratitude. You and I have control over our prayerfulness. And then God does whatever he wants with our impact. And we could trust him to do that. And he'll do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. So I ask you this question, 86,400 seconds today. Have you used one to say thank you yet? 86,400 seconds today. How many have you given to prayer today? 86,400 seconds today, and God wants to use every single one of them to impact his kingdom as he shines through you. So let's be prayerful. Let's be or let's be grateful, let's be prayerful, and let's be impactful. Last thing I wanna give you, this is a song that has just been blowing me away for these last couple of weeks. I get, I get hooked on a song and I just play it over and over on repeat. And this is the song, it's called In Jesus' Name, God of Possible by Katie Nicole. And here's what she says. This song is just a prayer. I speak the name of Jesus over you. In your hurting, in your sorrow, I will ask my God to move. I speak the name because it's all that I can do. In desperation, I seek heaven and I pray this for you. Here's the chorus, it's so good. I pray for your healing, that circumstances would change. I pray that the fear inside would flee in Jesus' name. I pray that a breakthrough would happen and happen today. I pray miracles over your life in Jesus' name. Kelly and I texted two friends of ours that their son's been in the hospital for over a month. And we said, here's a link to this song. And they texted back, thank you. So we're praying for you every day, numerous times a day. We texted another friend that went into surgery, but the surgery ended up becoming um, an infection. And we're praying this for you. 
And they're listening to those songs and I'm listening to those songs and I'm praying it for our church and I'm praying or that song to pray it for, for, for friends going through things to just say, here it is. I wanna be grateful for the relationships God's given me. I wanna be prayerful in those things and then God will use for impact however he wants to use it. I surrender to him to do that. So you're looking for some deep friendships? I just gave you the recipe of how to be a great friend and a great family member. And then you let God do whatever he wants to in your life with that. And you walk with him in that. Because it's not just about the digital. That's all fun stuff. I get it. But there's got to be something more for the human heart. My heart can't see a screen, but it can feel kind words and it can receive prayers. Father, we love you in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord. May we flood the city and our family and friends with thank you notes this week. May we take our homework and walk with you in it. We are grateful, God. And we pray to you in this moment. And we are thankful and prayerful that you would continue to use us as a church all around the world. Just as our bracelets say, we are unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we love you. So we just say our heart is yours, Lord. Our heart is yours. Speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Houston's First Baptist Church. We invite you to worship with us at one of our four locations, at The Loop, Cypress, Downtown, or Siena. Follow us on social media or visit us online at houstonsfirst.org.